Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Metrics, and Whisperer. Yes, g'day. Welcome back. It is the Inside NRL Show. It's a 5-8 episode and we are matrixless today. He's been sinking all sorts of piss, Josh, over the last four days, I think it's been. It's been pretty manic for him. Big weekend for Matrix, uh, just generally being a pisshead and then obviously into the Super Bowl. We've got our first Matrix selfie with the beer at about 9.30 uh, in the morning. <laughs> It was I, I knew it would be a big day and it'd be a big commitment for him to jump up for this one. But um, similar to Hooker, there's not a whole lot to talk about today when we're discussing five eights. No, there isn't. There is not. But we'll do we'll do our best to at least talk about the relevant options anyway. And I mean, for me, there's only a couple, but um, we'll talk through the rest because there it seems to be pretty spread. Uh, I guess maybe there's five or six players we probably need to talk about. So we'll do that. But before we do, obviously, the, the show is brought to you by the Standard Squeeze. Ryan from Astute Newstead and Bonus Bank. We thank them for their support and yours. Please hit subscribe. Please hit like. Uh, obviously, follow, review, do all those things. We'd we'd love that. And uh, if you haven't yet, join the Unlimited League. It's triple seven one four one. You can go in the cha- or go in with a chance to win a Supercoach Champion ring. Uh, from supercoachchampion.com if you want to go and get your own uh, or back yourself in and try and win this one. But Josh, we've had a fair few questions and a fair bit going on around the uh, Insight Supercoach World Cup 
which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, your idea, mate. I'm not going to take it, but um, but we've put in a bit of time in the background to make this work. And uh, do you want to give the the listeners or the viewers an idea of what it is? Of course, of course. Um, as we all do, we all consider ourselves gun super coach NRL players. But if you want to claim the title of overall best super coach player, not in the country, not in the Southern Hemisphere, but in the world, a world exclusive super coach World Cup hosted by Insight Fantasy Sports, taking on NRL, AFL, BBL, and NBL. Starting off with the NRL season, basically going through uh, nearly a 12 month stretch of competitions. The NBL, Brainer, I'm pretty sure it finishes up this week. So, yeah, it pretty much it's a competition from very early March until the very end of February. So, it's a marathon. It's, uh, I think of it like an Olympic decathlon. Uh, you don't need to be great at every sport, but if you can be there, thereabouts, uh, you'll be in the mix. It's $10 to join, and it'll be a collective percentage of your uh, score. So if you you know come top exactly top 10% of um, NRL, come top 5% of AFL, then your score for those two would be 15%. You know, BBL, NBL added on top as well. But yes, just for $10, um, we'll be paying out the top 10 participants. And if you want to get involved... Jump into the Insight Fantasy Sport Discord. The link will be in the description below. Otherwise, feel free to message myself or Brano. Uh, our handles are just at the bottom or on the official Insight Fantasy Sport uh, accounts as well. For sure. Fuck. Um, there's been a bit of shit chat going on in the Insight world. Uh, the, the boys who run the NFL show, Skitty and, and Mick over there, uh, talking themselves up. They think they're going to win. I don't know. Yeah, I reckon they're, we got flying, they're flying the AFL flag pretty proud. We've, we've got to do our bit for, for the NRL. Um, but That's yes, it. definitely the insight, the insight fantasy creator chat with our little group chat we have with all the creators has been popping off. Yeah, it's good fun. Uh, speaking of popping off, five eight does it does not. It just doesn't. Um, it's a it's a pretty ordinary position this year. I think you know, like we, we'd probably consider maybe what three guys as premium guys in in past years. Um, but two of them don't really even pop out at me at all this year because of the draw. So we're, we're kind of left with one. And he, believe it or not, he's the fifth most owned 5'8". Baffles which is me. Bizarre. Absolutely baffles me how I'm looking at Dylan Brown's 17% ownership. Like that, Ezra Mam at 21%. Like are people just having a deja vu from the grand final? Like I get it. Uh, but as we've seen from this week in the news, the Broncos are in crisis, mate. They're all just infighting amongst each other. So nah, look. The top-owned player, Ethan Strange, 238K, 45% owned. Now, we are recording this day of Teamless Tuesday week one trials. Um, Strange has been announced at halfback, which is not a great sign. Um, Weeks is getting first crack at the six. There's no surprise there. Chevy Stewart's getting first crack at the one. Xavier Savage on the wing. And Jamal Fogarty's had a little bit of uh, off-season mishaps with some hamstring issues. So it looks like Strange is filling in there, Brano. Not great for the 45% of teams that own him, and you and I are both one of them. Yeah, look, I I understand why people own him. Like, you know, he's a good player. It's it's more, is it his time yet? Um, there, there's a lot of question marks around that Raiders lineup and how that back line looks in round one. We've got Seb Chris off suspended, which I think is the biggest question mark, isn't it? Like, how, how many games does he miss? Two, I think, from memory. He's back in round three or something. Yeah, and like the Raiders, they've got a couple of options, but yeah, it really is suspension dependent. You look at Corey Hallsburg as well, like with him and Morgan Smithies potentially being an option. Um, and Strange, yeah, look, I feel like people might get sucked into him being named round one in the centers and then Chris just walks straight back in. So definitely one to watch. K.O. Weeks, I think he is the most uh, safe Raider, cheapy to pick in this line. I think he is going to, he's been brought over for a reason. He'll have first crack at the six that Jack Whiten's been departed and 36% of teams 
have agreed. Jaden Campbell, 456K at 26% owned. You and I have been um, not his biggest fans this preseason, and it looks like he's going to be out until at least round three. The Titans have the buy in round two. He is still is not training. We are two and a half weeks out from the season, and he is still not training with the first team. Uh, Sini has had a ripper preseason, and it looks like he's going to get the start. And I just think with with round two, with the bye, we're not going to be seeing him. And then the question becomes, what happens? Because you don't want to be holding a 456K guy for at least three weeks. If he was 250K, then yeah, you can just roll the dice. Um, but the fact that he is as expensive as he is with no guarantee of coming back within the first month is a really off-putting um, effect. But Brian, I talked to me on Ezra Man, 532K, 21% ownership. I thought you mistyped that and it was 2.1. But 20%, one in five people I'm Ezra Mam, and he's never yeah. been relevant. I was thinking maybe Matrix had made like 21% like body counts and just gone and picked all of his Broncos boys in it. Like, look, I'm, I'm not going to go and throw shade at Ezra Mam. The guy's a quality footballer. I'm, I'm just unsure whether, and it's fair to say that his game hasn't necessarily translated to super coach points. So I'm, I'm a little bit maybe concerned or not concerned. Maybe I'm happy seeing this number because I don't have him and I don't plan on getting him to start the season. So if people want to go and they want to spend 530K on Ezra Mam to start the season, it gives me a bit of a leg up. But I just I just don't believe that he's the best option when you've can when, when you got cheaper options in KO Weeks, right? And I'm assuming people are going, what, Ezra Mam and KO Weeks is their combination there and spending up elsewhere? That'd be the only justification you'd have really is just saving cash on Mam instead of Brown. So, a fun fact, Ezra Mam last year averaged 52, which is is fine, but I think that's him, just considering the the, the ball that Reynolds needs and the ball that, that Walsh needs. So, Ezra Mam averaged 52, so close enough to 60. His percentage of games over 60 was 32%, which would bode for you to be like, okay, well, he's got a massive ceiling. Uh, games over 100 points is a big, fat duck egg. None. So no games over 100 and 32% of games over 60, considering he has a 50 average. So he's very much in that 30 to 80 range. Mm. And I'm just not sure I'm seeing it with, yeah, the touches that Reynolds needs and and the touches that, that Walsh needs. I understand people are looking at it from that grand final perspective because he was unreal, probably scored about 130, 140 points there. But yeah, I mean, if, if man was... 430k you know if he was at Jaden Campbell price then I could you know mm. potentially look at it but we always talk about five points oh sorry we always talk about 10 points of value for these non-keepers and I just don't see man averaging 63 64 points and also you've got to consider this right he's got a really low base I think his base is like 24 24 it is so I mean that's not huge um so when you look back at last year he scored 14 tries last year that is a lot of tries like that, you know, so we're looking at his score and, you know, potentially is that even inflated? Like, is he going to score 14 tries again? There's every chance he does. Good ball runner, good hole runner. But in saying that, you've got to be very confident that he's going to go and score 14 tries again because the the scores don't come in base. And even then, when you look at his create stats, they're not exactly amazing for a guy at 5'8 either. He only averages 11 points in create per game. So, yeah, there's way too many flags there for me. Also had nearly 20% of his games under 30 points last year as well. So, you know, if if you're getting that floor, you want a ceiling. You want you want yeah. someone like a Cody Walker that will just go 150. But but Mam didn't have a game over 100 last year, and that's the concerning thing. Um, yeah. I'm happy to take a punt on these guys with, with really low floors um, if they can show me that they can be, you know, a match winner and a league winner. 
um, in in that, that ceiling. But yeah, I just don't see a man being that. And 21% is baffling. As is Dylan Brown at 17. That needs to be 77%. I feel like just with this crop yeah. of five eighths that we have, it's so grim. Uh, before the draw was released, I was just looking at Munster and being like, oh, and Walker as well. Walker's now, you know, potentially going to be out round one with a hamstring complaint, and he is a guy that relies on speed and, and explosiveness to, to link up with Trell and AJ at the back. So straight away, he's he's out. Then it comes down to Cam Munster, and he was very inconsistent last year, and we've said all preseason the Melbourne Storm draw is one of the worst um, in terms of the competition. Mm-hmm. So then we look at Dylan Brown, and yes, he's 760K, but he is going to be there in round 27 for me, barring disaster or injury. It's just, it's yeah. so confusing. Oh, yeah, I don't understand. It's quite weird. Um, I'm, the only logic in my head that I can think of is people are spending up on Haas. They probably have Harry Grant and Haas in their team, and they've gone, oh, where can I spend? Where can, where can I save some cash? Uh, it probably has to be 5'8". You know, no one's spending up in 2RF. Everyone's got two gun fullbacks. Like, you know, so everyone's got Nico and Cleary or for the most part. So if you've got a, a lot of those other guns, you have to – you can't have a gun in every position. So I'd say Dylan Brown probably for these people is the one that misses out. I get that. I get that. I think, yeah, if you look at it like a, like a, a Haas and, and whoever uh, versus a Brown and a Weeks, then that's your comparison. Um, I can, I can understand not owning Dylan Brown if you do go with a Caesar, but then you're running with a Weeks in around one because Caesar has the buy. He's at 345k, 13% owned. We've touched on him in the last episode in the halfback, so we're not going to go over him too heavily. Um, pretty much just all eyes in the trial. The Tigers have named just about a full-strength squad, a full-strength side for this trial up in, in New Zealand. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the trial. I'm going to love if the Tigers scored zero tries this preseason and we don't get any insights to what's going to happen. That'd be the most super coach thing of all time. But Talking about goal-kicking relevance, Kyle Flanagan, 310K as well, 9% owned. If he gets the goal-kicking, I'm really interested um, in in running him. And that could sway me off Dylan Brown. Uh, I could potentially run a Flanagan and Caesar combo or a Flanagan and just, and just punt it. Pretty much what I'm doing with Hooker uh, this year. But Flano at 310K, looks like he's going to be playing the six. Um, you know, there was concerns over him early in the preseason that he'd be rotating through the nine. But mm-hmm. as Ronald Volkman's shoulders made of wet wheat picks, uh, looks like Kyle Flanagan has been, you know, shoved into that sixth jersey. Yeah, he, he's he been in and out of my team so far this offseason. And look, I think it all kind of lays on whether he gets the goal kicking, doesn't it? So he's going to be a very close watch over the next two weeks. Do they take it off Zach Lomax? Fuck, he was bad last year with the fucking T, wasn't he? Like, he was ordinary. Yeah, so uh, he's been moved, every been moved to the wing now by all reports as well. Um, mate, talk about overreacting to some trials. I watched Luke Brooks beat up on a bunch of children on the weekend. Three try assists mm-hmm. in the first half. Looked absolutely unreal. Uh, you know, I was getting a lot of messages from people being like, are you going to backtrack on your Luke Brooks statement? But then if you looked at who's, who they played, I want to see him do it again. Um, yeah. But yeah, 560K. I've had my mini rant on Luke Brooks. Do you want to add anything to, to the 560K Tigers outcast? Look, no, uh, I don't think there's much point. Uh, when you sent me the team list um, that he was playing against, I, I thought, what's he doing playing SG, SG ball? Well, that's weird that Luke Brooks is playing SG ball. But anyway, they, it was a, it was a pretty ordinary, um, you know, opposition. The most, so. the most recognizable name from that South side was Braden Burns. And if that's your most like notable good player, 
Um, I'm happy to take that. It's a narrative thing. I'm ha- very happy to discard Luke Brooks. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about his trial, but Ben Trevojevic's hat trick, mate, straight in. So mm-hmm. it's all about narratives, mm-hmm. and you've got to you've got to take what you can with a pinch of salt. Uh, yeah. Ken Munster, 720k, seven percent owned. Yeah, we we said it before. That Melbourne draw is just too tough for me to look at. Um, I'd rather just pay the extra 60k and get Brown, or yeah. just go you know dirt cheap. It's one of these positions. Like it's similar to halfback. I feel like pay the top dollar, or just yeah. go as cheap as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I think Dylan Brown is the premium peak option. If you don't want to spend that much cash, you come. You can come all the way back down to a you know a Caesar or whoever it be. And Caesar with the jewel is also quite handy, having the halfback five eight jewel. So whilst we're not going to do much if you've got Cleary and Hines there, it's nice to have it if if you need it. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about Munster a little bit more in depth because there's some interesting stats on him last year. Maybe like he did have a bit of a down year. Um, so maybe there's a bounce back. Who knows? And uh, in number 10, Tommy Dearden, 592K, 7% owned. He's the, the 10th most owned player in 5.8. And there's a little bit of interest there, isn't there? He's not that bad. I, I reckon he could be okay this year. He, uh, he broke the uh, North Queensland Cowboys 2K time trial uh, of all time. Mm. So if that isn't training the house down, I don't know what he is. He <laughs> is a guy that, that can go high. Like he is a better version than Ezra Mam for Supercoach. I know that Broncos fans love their Ezra Mam and I think he's a great footy player. But for Supercoach, like we look at a, a stretch here Dearden went 75-35, not great. 71-21, not great. 118-95-179. Like, he has probably the best ceiling outside of Cody Walker in this in this yep. tier list. We saw that against the Tigers uh, in that game where they thumped us. Um, so he can go big. And if Chad Townsend is going to be on the decline and taking less touches per game, and it's going to be the... The Dearden and Mam show. I'm sorry, Dearden and Mam. It's going to be the Dearden and Drinkwater show. I can definitely, you know, get behind it. His base is 26. He has 17 and create. So I'm happy to sort of join those two together because he's a half. He's going to get more touches. Now we're looking at potentially a 40 floor, and we've seen the ceiling of 170. Like I'm not expecting that, but uh, he's he's gotten better year on year. He did stall out in the last two seasons, but his body is getting better. He's played 17, 21, 23 games, so on the up. Um, yeah, I like him as sort of the, if you did want to spend up for like a semi-premium and didn't want to go dirt cheap or go Dylan Brown, I think Dean's probably my next best. And their, their first six rounds aren't that bad. You know, aside from the Newcastle and Broncos matchups, it's not that bad. They play Newcastle at home as well. And then they've got the Dolphins, they've got the Tigers, the Titans and Parramatta who all leak super coach points like no other team. So like, it's not that bad. Like the Cowboys have a nice draw again, as did they last year. And we all got kind of sucked Just into that, didn't read we? Read me out that that first six again, because if we look at the most hundreds conceded by teams last year, the Dolphins were second, the Tigers were the fifth, uh, and who was the other Titans. team you said? Titans. And the and Titans. They were, they were eighth. So yep. you know, all three of those teams in the top half of hundred point games conceded last year. So definitely has the draw to target there. Yes, it's not ideal for those two games against uh, two of the top four defensive supercoach sides, but. We look at Dean, we know that he has a flaw. And if we get those flaws, and you know what you're buying with Dean, you know you're going to get low, low scores, but you know you're going to get super high ones. If you're happy to yep. stomach those uh, and to target those really good games, then yeah, I don't mind Dean actually. Mm. Uh, let me ask you this Would you go Dean over Mam? Mm. Yeah, 100%. Every day of the week. Extra 60K. 100%, 100%. Especially with the draw, yep. um, especially with the ceiling as well. Yeah, cool. Like it. Um, let's let's dive into these guys a little bit more. We'll, we'll talk about Dylan Brown and Munster and, and Cody Walker. I think they're the three kind of premium 
in terms of price, but also in terms of what we've known from previous Supercoach seasons. They're the guys. They're the guns. Um, but before we do that, guys, make sure to sign up to Un- Insight Unlimited. Insight Unlimited is now launched. So if you want to get a little bit more insight into what we do, how we play the game, our thoughts on our teams, our team reveals, uh, our trades every week, our captains, and, and get a bit of a, a, I guess, a background look as to the way that we think and the way that we approach Supercoach. You can sign up to Insight Unlimited. It's only 25 bucks for a full year. It's like 50 cents a week. And uh, you get access to all these extra channels as well, some injury news and updates, team mail, late mail. Um, so make sure to update there and, and jump into the uh, Insight Discord to sign up. I'll tell now, you what, Brayden, if you're spending 10 bucks to participate in the World Cup, another 25 won't go too far astray because it's not limited to just NRL. You get access no. to every every channel, BB, uh, BBL, NBL, AFL, and obviously us in the NRL space. So if you can have a crack and you don't know much about the other sports, you know, there's worse ways to spend your money. Cash. That's it. When you think about it, you've got four sports that you're competing in in the, in the World Cup. It could be like six bucks a sport, really, if you look at it like that. So worthwhile investment. Um, and obviously it's a long season and we'll be there the whole way through. Dylan Brown, mate, good draw. We've said it from the start. We've talked about him a lot. He has not left my team all preseason. I'm assuming you're in the same boat. It just doesn't make sense to go with anybody else if you're going premium. Yeah, I'm the patented tinker uh, in the NRL SE world. I probably change it uh, more than I change my undies, but he's been there. The day the game opened to, to today, he hasn't left. I haven't looked at a draft without him. I haven't looked at... Being like, oh, what if we save a bit of money here? That I've just found other ways. Like Dylan Brown's yeah. been the guy. I've I've tinkered with no Cleary. I've tinkered with, you know, Grant. I've tinkered with no premium center wing. I've even looked at Pappenhausen at fullback. There's one guy that hasn't moved, and it's Dylan Brown, and I don't see that moving. One tough game in round two versus Penrith, but he has an exceptional career average against Penrith. Um, actually, like he's a guy that doesn't have a flaw. Uh, we saw that really down year, not last year, the year before. He had a breakout season in his rookie year. A uh, bit of second-year syndrome and then bounced back really well last year. So 76.5, you know, projected for about an 80 this year. Buys in 19, 16, 20. So just misses the one major buy round a Kiwi, so he's not going to be, you know, missing origin. Yep. I'd say 17.5% pod, just considering the positional value and considering how good he is. Under 20% is just absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, the first buy in round nine, but apart from that, in round two against Penrith, it's clear sailing, and he has a great career average against Penrith. Yeah, you make a good point. We look at the hard matchup, and we go, oh, Penrith. But then you look at what he does against Penrith, and you know he seems to be the guy. Now, I guess we talk a lot about base, and we talk about creating and evade stats and all that kind of stuff. Like, he's got a 37 base at 5'8". The guy just makes 25 tackles a game for fun. You know, like you said, there is no flaw. There, like, you can load a 55 to 60 on a bad day for Dylan Brown. Can you say that for anybody else in this position, aside from like prime or peak Cam Munster? He doesn't even generate those kind of base stats. It's all attack um, for Munster and evade and create stats. So like, I think he's the safest option and it's like, what's he cost? 60, 50K more than Munster? Yeah. Like, fuck. It's it's a no-brainer for me. But in years gone past, like, he hasn't had that ceiling. Like he's always been Mr. Consistent, but four scores, sorry, five scores over a hundred last year and multiple yep. scores over, over 80, a career average in seven games of 60 against Penrith and a low score of 39. So if he walks out against the toughest defensive matchup that you're going to get all season and scores a 39. All right, cool. Like, yeah, it's not amazing, but it's hell. It's a lot better than 
a 15 that some of these other, you know. A Cody Walker. A Cody Walker would not surprise me if he finished on eight points one week and then, you know, 180 the next week. Like, yeah. can you go through and- that? Like, if you're picking, if you're picking risky center wings, I just want some stability. And I think Brown offers that in spades. Yeah, I'm big on base. Uh, that uh, kind of the way that I play super coach. I'm I'm big on high upside guys that are going to get either one forty, one fifty. But I think you want that security in base in in certain positions, and he gives you that. He only scored three tries last year. I know that obviously he missed seven games as well, and that's something to consider. But three tries as unders for Dylan Brown as well. The guy finds the line well. So, uh, yeah, I think he's underpriced personally. I think it comes with your risk appetite too. Like I've said on this podcast, you and I are never going to win the $1,000 weekly hop tire score. Like it's not yeah. the way that we play the game. We look at um, stability over a long term. And if you're looking for just, you know, you want to get that 1500 weekly score and flex to your friends, then Dylan Brown's probably not your guy. But if you're looking for a long-term good investment and over the season, I just, I'm still looking at 17.5% and I'm just, I've said it, but I'm just baffled. Like I generally think that's just so low. And I mean, what? It's Bulldogs round one. Fuck, that could be anything. It could be that could be 130. Uh, Panthers, he averages. I think it was 72 or 73. You've said on a previous podcast, which is real handy. Then it's uh, yeah. Manly, Manly. Then it's uh, this run. Get this run from round four to seven. Tigers, Raiders, Cowboys, Dolphins. Three of those four games are at home, at Combank as well. So, uh, you, uh, I reckon we're going to have a lot of people scrambling trying to find cash in round three for Dylan Brown. And that run sounds great. You've also got Manly sandwich between that where he averages mm-hmm. 74. So, you know, we have a 74 average and then the Tigers, Raiders, Cowboys, Dolphins, 75% of those games at home. And then Manly again, where he averages 74, as I just said. So yeah, get past round two. And even we've said then it's not even the worst thing in the world. And then it just opens up dramatically. Um, yep. I think the only way you don't uh, the only way you don't run Dylan Brown Brano is if you have a hard on for Mitch Moses. That's the only reason why you wouldn't run Dylan Brown. Yeah, yeah, and we've had conversations, multiple conversations about the fact we don't want both. Because I mean, when you when you buy into both halves, Parramatta have a bad game, which they're very well known to do. Uh, both of them suffer, and we know Brown yeah. suffers less, but Moses could get you seven. So yeah. and and that hurts more than more than anything, I think. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Cam Hunter, 728K. Average 71.3 last year. We're talking about him like he was a, a scrub who put up 50. Like he's still averaged 70 plus. Uh, and there is a bit of, you know, there has to be a little bit of bounce back for him, um, you know, 73 to 75. Uh, but buys in rounds 13, 16, sorry, buys in rounds 4, 13, and 19, plays Origin. So he's out 13, 16, and 19, potentially 20, potentially 14 potentially round 17 as well. His, his his buy structure is awful. His opening yeah. draw is awful. I just can't see a world... Like, if we're paying up for Cam Munster, we want to hold him for the season. And when his opening draw is Penrith, the Warriors, the Knights, and the Broncos, they are four of the top five defensive teams last year in terms of points conceded. A yeah. buy in round four and then misses half the season with buyers. You couldn't give me 728K to start with Cam Munster. Can't. This can't. Uh, I mean, we talk about, you said at the start, we talk about him having a bad year last year. 68% of his scores were still over 60 last year. So, like, when you think about it, I, I feel like I owned him for every score that he did not get 60. And <laughs> I must yeah. have bought him during that kind of period after Origin. Yeah, I looked at him at a bottom dollar prize, like, after Origin. I was like, surely it has to be some bounce back. It just never came. Yeah. 
No, it was awful. 34 in base, though. That's the second best in base in that position. 34 in create and evade um, or create and attack. Like, I mean, we know what you're going to get from Cam Munster, but is it now more Jerome Hughes's team in a way? Like, it just seems like Jerome Hughes was kind of grabbing the, kind of foot, putting the foot on the throat, wasn't he, last year? Like, in, in certain games, he just wanted the ball in his hand and Munster didn't. Yeah. Does that come down to no Pappenhausen? I'd be very interested to see how the correlation between Pappenhausen comes. We looked at it with Harry Grant in a hooker podcast. We looked at the correlation between Grant and Pappenhausen. I'm very curious to see if Munster can get back to his best with no Pappenhausen there as well. But yeah, a 32 base, second best base there is. If he had a better draw, there'd be more of a conversation to have. But like I said, he's going to miss 13, 16, 19, potentially games after that as well. And then has the worst draw to start the season that you could ask for considering... Considering the Storm are ranked fourth in terms of defensive super coach points conceded and the first four teams he plays are first, second, third, and fifth, uh, it cannot get worse for Munster. So I just I just couldn't do it. No. It's definitely a no for me, dog. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. But uh, I'll tell you what we can do, standard squeeze. Now, let me tell you, if you're sick of breaking glass bottles, accidentally sinking triple shots because you can't measure a pour properly, you're sick of your beer going warm. Maybe you're even sick of your coffee getting cold. Then the standard squeeze of everything you need to help drink responsibly and conveniently. Food-grade quality plastic, fantastic four-in-ones. You can go to their website, thestandardsqueeze.com, and you can use the code INSIGHT15 to get yourself 15% off everything in store thanks to the standard squeeze. Now, f- speaking of uh, maybe guys, we, we've talked about a guy with base or both guys with base, probably the two best, and then you think of Cody Walker and you think, Probably no base, but a fuckload of create. So he he leads create in this position. 32 points per game just in creative stats alone. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah, that left-hand side is, is, is brilliant. Tedesco broke the game three or four years ago when he scored a 199 against the Bulldogs and then Walker did something that we'd never seen at the time, which was a 203. So we talk about that 22 base, but man, he can go 200 plus. We've seen it before. I think those days are behind him. He is a guy that relies on speed and he's on the wrong side of 30. Um, And the draw is not ideal. Manly, Broncos, Roosters, Dogs at home, which is nice, but then the Warriors and the Sharks then a bye, then Melbourne and Penrith. So, you know, out of that first nine games, it's like, two of them that I like, and then one of, them's, one of them's a buy. There is some interest levels for me. You know, after that, I'm looking at Trell. I'm looking at Cody. I'm looking at AJ because I have a really good uh, opening up after that. Uh, but, hey, Madge has come out and said that no one's guaranteed. Maybe Walker finds his way back into the origin fold. And he has a buy in round 13. 
if he plays Origin, he's out for 16-19. But as it stands, he has an okay buy structure. He is a guy that finishes his buys quite early in round 17. Ownership at 3.6%, which is, I think, pretty fair, um, considering his price, considering the draw. Um, but yeah, he's got that hamstring issue. It's coming to the season. There's no guarantees that he plays round one. We've talked about this Vegas effect of the fields being ever so smaller. And yeah, I'm just, I'm not feeling Cody this year. No. I, look, we're, if we're talking draft, we're having probably a different conversation. Um, his his draw frees up in the middle and the back end of the year as well for South. So like they're, they're probably a, a good team to target. But we're talking classic here. And I, I just think with an extra 60K to go and get Dylan Brown, you do it. Um, like, but like I said, yeah, I agree 10. with you on the grabbing him after the buy, after that tough run. I think that's when things open up and you look at him. We could be really sitting here saying, hey, use a boost in round 10 and grab the one, six, and five from, from the Rabbitohs. So there is a world where they do that, especially, you know, um, we've seen the reports that Munro's done his collarbone. Campbell Graham's going to be out for nearly half the season. Yeah. They're just going to go left. Like, they have to. They're going to have Whiten. They're going to have Trell. They're going to have Cody. They're going to have AJ. Like, they're just going to they're gonna have to go left. Like, you can't rely on Tane Milne and Isaac Thompson and Richie Kenner uh, and Jacob Gagai to, to get you to the finals. The way it stands right now, I've got South struggling to make the top eight. And the way that they're going to you know, crack in is by hammering left. And when the draw frees up, I want a piece of Cody. I uh, just want to pass the eye test for those first two months. If he comes out and is averaging 40, but he's looking great, you know, I'm still keen on him. And look, let me. If you're the opposition, are you not just letting Isaac Thompson and Richie Kenner and Tane Milne just beat you? Like, it, I'd be more than happy to just go. You know what? We're going to stack our left edge, uh, our left edge defense, and we're just going to cover all the guys on the left. We we'll cover AJ. Make sure that we nearly double AJ. Make Tass beat us on the inside or Whiten when he gets there in round three. It just doesn't look good. Um, so. Unless Cody starts to shift both sides of the field again, he did do a little bit of that last year. But if he if he starts to maybe shift both sides, maybe we could see something from him. But yeah, the Rabbitohs are in trouble. I reckon. Is it? Um, is there a polar opposite? Rough. Is there a polar opposite of of Walker, Whiten, AJ, to Ilias, Kenner slash Thompson <laughs> slash Milne? Like it's just so powerful. Like yeah, like if you're if you're defending, you just stack the left and say, look, if they beat us through the guys on the right, then so be it. Like if Lockie Ellis is going to have one of his best games of his career and they win, sure, good luck to you. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's that's what you'd have to do. As, and as a coach, that's that's what they're going to be doing. I think they're just going to be going. You know what? Let's keep AJ out of the corner and make fucking Tane Milne beat us through the <laughs> through the right edge. Um, so yeah, definitely fade. I think now. We're going to skip Cody and Nicarima. Are you okay with that? Pretty self-explanatory. We'll play 14, price at an average of a lot, and he will average not a lot. So let's just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Dearden, though, we, we spoke about him, both some relative interest there for Tom Dearden, 592K with a 58 average. I, I reckon he could probably go around that 65 mark this year. I think he's taking the next step up. We spoke about him getting better and better every single year. And we saw him have that origin experience. I think it was the year before last. So, you know, he's starting to come good. I think, like you said, the ceiling is is there for him. But the buys, 16, 19, not ideal. So he's going to potentially, depending on whether he's around or whether he gets picked for origin, he's only going to be available for 13 if he isn't picked. So not not fantastic for him. And also round 25, we need to think, like we're going to be doing a draft episode later on. But round 25 is not when you want to have a buy-in draft. 
So Cowboys are definitely some options to look at to fade there. But Tommy did in 6.7% major pod. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think if you're going the the route that isn't uh, the the road less traveled in terms of like that mid price guy, I think Dearden is is him. Then you have to contend with an awkward awkward sort of by a draw. Dolphins at home, Newcastle at home, uh, the Tigers away, uh, Broncos away. So it's sort of up and down a little bit there. Freeze up a little bit after that. He got Penrith in what round eight, but then pretty smooth sailing after that. We know that he's got those low scores, and if we get those low scores in the tough games, then that's, you know, it's on the tin. You know, you expect that to happen. But we want those games against the Tigers, against the Titans, against, you know, geez, he plays the Tigers and the Titans four times in the first 12 weeks or something like that. So, um, yeah, we've seen what he can do to those guys. And, yeah, I'm actually pretty pretty keen. Um, interest levels here. Matrix has written likes. Uh, I like him. And then is not from me, from you. Are you not keen? Yeah. I, I just I only think because I'm like, well, I've got Brown. Why do I just not? Why would I bother? What's the What's the point in looking anywhere else? It's kind of like my interest levels for a guy like Mitchell Moses. Like the guy's yeah. a gun, but fuck, I've got Cleary and Hines. What's the point in even looking anywhere else? Of course. Of course. What, what do you do? Like, let's say Brad Arthur names Hans and Lusick. Uh, Jaden Braley, we get told he's playing a minute share split and you need to downgrade. Like, are you looking at Brown to 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 Dean as a guy, or like are you just off him completely? No, no. I don't get me wrong. I think that he is a good option if I needed to downgrade. So if I needed to downgrade and I didn't want to pay up for one of the premium guys, I would look at him absolutely. I would pick him over Ezra Mam, I think. And you see the disparity in in ownership in twenty two percent versus six point seven. We're picking the six point seven guy every day of the week. So. Yeah, and that's not a case yeah. of just picking a pod for the sake of picking a pod. Like we generally no. think that Dean's a better option. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And, and look, yeah, the Broncos 29, have been better. That's fine. He does have a twenty-nine credit attack, and as we've said, if Townsend does sort of go on the back foot, we know Chester's good. We know that Drinkwater can play six if needs needs be. Like if anything happens to to Townsend, that credit attack can go up to thirty-five. Like that, that I'm not gonna say Cody Walker levels. Um, they could definitely improve, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pushing into the mid sixties this season. And think who's on that left edge as well. Him and Val Holmes connected really well. Uh, I think Val Holmes is going to be a very big focal point of their attack this year. Like, I feel like they've kind of underutilized him a little bit through last season. I feel like there's got to be some lessons learned for Todd Payton last year with how they used Val Holmes. So I'm really hoping that Deard and Holmes connection can can come yeah, through this year because they're both Todd Payton's a lot of lessons to learn. <laughs> by playing Lolo more than 25 minutes and playing Clutter 60, but never happens. In saying that, uh, that left edge will now include Hale and Lukey with the departure of Luchan Ledlua. So hopefully mm-hmm. a little bit more settled for that left-hand side for the Cowboys as well. Um, but yeah. yeah, keen on Din and also yeah. keen on Ryan from uh, Astute Newstead. I'll tell him you said that. He'll be very happy with it. Um, guys, if you're looking to buy that first home, maybe even an investment property, you're not quite sure how to do it. Maybe it's the first time you've gone through that process. Uh, maybe you're even a current homeowner with an interest rate above 6.2%, which uh, would be a lot of us with all the interest rate hikes lately. We can definitely guarantee there's better options for you. And Ryan from Astute News said we'll do it for you for free. Won't cost you a thing. So you can reach out to Ryan at ryanh at eganwealth.com. He's also on Facebook and Instagram at HL underscore astute. Or you give him a call, 0431 So just let him know that we sent you. He'll look after you. It won't cost you a thing. And uh, I'm actually using him at the moment. I know a lot of the boys have used him previously uh, through Insight. And uh, he does a, a cracker job. So, uh, yeah, 
go and uh, go and hit Ryan up if that's uh, if you're in that situation. Um, Josh, we, we spoke about Ezra Mam. We, we brought him up nearly in every player, comparing him to a guy we would prefer than Ezra Mam. <laughs> Fifty-two average. Uh, do we see him breaking a sixty average at five thirty-two k to start you, the season? You really projected at fifty-eight. I want whoever deal you've got. Give me their number because, like, I'm at like a fifty-five. Like, yeah, I think there's going to be some improvement, but like. For him to get 10 points of value, I think it's just going to be unrealistic. Um, coupled with the fact that he's got a terrible first three weeks, coupled with yep. the fact that he misses 66% of the buy structure, like, what are you buying him for? Like, he has a decent, like, round five to round 10. Plays like everyone that's somewhat shit. But my my big thing with Mam is, like, it's just a simple math. Like, if there's 50 touches to go around and Walsh and... Reynolds take 40 of them, you're going to have less ball for, for Mam to do stuff with. And I just, I, I struggle to see these, like, apart from, like, Cody Walker is the exception. Like, Cody Walker is the only low base, you know, low base 5'8 that dominates. Munster, Brown, they all have great, all great bases. And Walker's an exception because he doesn't have a halfback. Like, it's just two options in attack. Like, you've got yeah. Reynolds, who still runs the show. You've got Walsh, who arguably was one of the best fullbacks, like had one of the best fullback seasons I've ever seen outside of Barber, outside of Hayne, outside of Turbo. It was just overshadowed by Ponga, who was exceptional. Like, I just don't see a world where Mam kills me. Like, I just don't see yeah. me sitting here in round five being like, damn, we got Mam wrong, didn't we? Like, mm-hmm. It's like the Jermaine Asako from last year. I'm, yeah, well, that worked well. Scott Drinkwater. Um, <laughs> I might be sitting here in round five, in the round six TLT being like, boys, Mam is 400K and his draw is elite uh, and Weeks is peaked. Yeah. That could be a realistic possibility, but I'm just not starting with him. Like, And I want that to... All of these opinions that we give are on starting with them because things change during the season, but I just can't start with him at all. No, 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 I completely agree. Uh, maybe it's... Uh, you, you mentioned at the start that he didn't score 100 last year. I tell you what, though, he would have got 140 in the grand final. I think someone did the stat. And he, yes. is, it must be that. It must be the memory of how good he was in the grand final. And fair shout to him. He was best on field aside from Cleary's last 17 minutes. But, I mean, when you when you score 14 tries and only average 52 as a playmaker, yeah. it, it's just not there for me. Two Broncos 5'8 have been robbed of Clive Churchill's Anthony Milford in 2015. And, uh, and now Ezra Mam. So... Mm-hmm. The curse, the curse. Um, yeah. But yeah, 21% ownership. Like, I'm not sitting here saying he's terrible, but it's just in comparison to his ownership. Like, if he was 8% owned, I don't care about, I don't, I don't have my, my anti Ezra Mam flag in the ground. Like, I just, it's not enough for me to care about. Um, but the fact that it's 21% is just like baffling. That means, like, if you put every super coach in a room and you got five guesses, like, one of them's going to have Ezra Mam, and that's just, Feels really off for me. Yeah, yeah, ten percent. I can, I can handle that. Yeah, I it's just like whatever. That. Like it, that's the thing. It's like you know, if someone says, "Oh, what do you think about this player?" and they're three percent owned, I'm like, sure. But if they're like a decent percent ownership, and I'd say decent is like twelve plus, it's just like okay, well, there's a little bit of traction here, and I'm just not seeing it. Like if you're that, if you're that, if you're at that of a pinch for a five eighth, just get in. I think. Like oh, we've projected. For sure. We projected Caesar at a what? We projected him at like a low, sorry, a high forties. Yeah, low fifties, high forties, and he is three hundred and thirty k, two hundred k cheaper. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I, 
for me, I mean, if you don't believe in the week's hype and you're not really, I mean, and, and there's plenty of question marks there for weeks and we'll talk about him a little bit soon. But if you're not with weeks and you're not on board, just pay up a little bit more and just get Caesar as your bench 5'8". He could be the safest bench 5'8 that you start with this year at the price. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- there's plenty of question marks, but I just don't think Ezra's the guy. But And I also don't think Matt Burton's the guy who is the next guy here in this list. 586K, he averaged a 57.5 last year. I mean, I don't necessarily see him doing much more than a 60 at, at best. But um, the weekly rubdown boys are very high on Matt Burton. Uh, I'm not sure if you've listened to them, but there is. I have. I I have been rubbed out a fair bit. I'm not getting rubbed over Matt Burton, though. Like, I guess for draft, because of how skim this position is, like, he's a good late-round guy. Um, But I think, yeah, if all things go well, he averages 60. No guarantees he goal kicks either. Um, Buys in rounds 8, 15, 19, which is great. You know, plays rounds 13, plays rounds 16, which is ideal. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Here's a duel. It shows you how little I've looked at Matt Burton. Yeah, he's a duel. Yeah. Um, and doesn't play rep games, which is nice. Nah. Um, but yeah. It just doesn't... The jewel means nothing to me, really. Um, the halfback 5-8 jewel means nothing because I don't really plan on moving Hines and Cleary. Just give him wing jewel. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that is when we start sweet. talking about him. Um, you know, we've got Sexton or Hutchison. Hutchison's been named at halfback and uh, to in this trial this weekend. So that'll be an interesting close watch for me. Um, he's a center wing jewel as well. So that'll be interesting. Um, but oh, I mean, I initially thought... Hacho's name ran one. He's probably in my team. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I thought that when Burton last year got moved to halfback, he had to play a bit more of an organiser. You could kind of see he didn't really enjoy playing halfback. He didn't enjoy having to do all those things. And I, I felt like he played worse at halfback. But then I looked at his super coach stats, and his super coach stats said that he averaged 14 points more in the eight games he played at halfback than he did at 5'8", which actually really surprised me when I looked at this. Um, he's got a lower base than Cody Walker, mind you, which which also really surprised me. So he averaged 66 at halfback in the eight games through the middle of the season and 52.8 at 5'8 for the rest of the season. Any correlation there or any reason why do you think that's happened? Because honestly, like when you look at the eye test, he looked pretty awful at halfback and comfortable at 5'8". Yeah, it's surprising to look at those stats because I actually thought Toby Saxton was really good um, when he mm. came in last year. But like, is this just is this just going to be like normally? It's like when they go to five eight, it, especially these running halfbacks. That's why like people are keen on Brooks because like you become more of a runner, you can use more of your your natural line taking ability. I don't know. Like, I don't really know what Hutchison offers off the ball. Like, he's great on ball. He's got. I think you know. There's plenty of Roosters guys have come out and said he's one of, if not got the most footy IQ in the NRL. Mm. Um, he offers a lot on the ball. I'm not sure what he offers off the ball. So if he's starting, you would expect Seraldo to be like, look, Matt, do your cool fucking spiral bombs. Apart from that, don't touch the ball inside the 20. Just run. Yeah. And that's going to take away a lot for um, for Burton in terms of his attack. But I guess the positive thing is they don't have a fullback. Like, yeah. they don't... It, it's very Penrith in the fact that, like... A lot of try assists for Cleary, a lot of try assists for Luai. Dylan Edwards, not so much. He gets his points off base. And I'm not looking at Blake Taff being like, oh, he's a super coach killer for Matt Burton. <laughs> I think Matt Burton at 5'8 could be, I think these might flip this year, especially if Hacho does get named. In saying that, though, the stats suggest um, when he's paid with sex and he was actually quite well. I never thought I'd say this. I'd prefer Brooks. 
I thought you yeah, know I'm saying very that. quickly. Yeah, I think I would prefer Brooks. Yeah, okay. Um shout it's out to Natty and Walker. They're, uh, I don't know how they're gonna feel. <laughs> Big fans of the show, I, I imagine. <laughs> um like the draw's great to start the season, but there's so many moving parts. Like I'd much rather the draw suck to start the season. They get their combinations while the draw's terrible. And then it opens up. Like by the time they get good, they're going to play uh, Melbourne, the Knights, and then the bye. And then the Tigers after that, that could be a decent game fresh off the bye. But then Penrith, like it's a weird, but it's a weird draw structure. I feel like, and Matt Burton is a guy that I just can't evaluate. Like, Normally, I'm very opinionated and I've got projected for a lot of players, but Matt Burton's a guy that's just like, he could average 45 or he could average 71. Like, it's just like, where do we fall in this, in this range? And that's, uh, I guess, when we talk about COV, we talk about consistency, we talk about base. We, You know, he's got a lower base than Cody Walker. Um, his COV is awful. Um, so you don't know what you're cool going to get bombs, from him. He can do the big bombs. Hey, hey, uh, let me just ask Google. Hey, hey, Google, uh, how many points do you get for spiral bombs in Supercoach? Zero. Yeah, but think of that NFL contract he's going to get, man. Like, come on. Like, that's that's really the appeal for me. Like, it's just like, I'll pick him in my uh, flex spot in NFL Fantasy next year when he's playing for the 49ers or something. Sleeper app, yeah. Chuck him yeah. in. But, like, yeah. it's just like, it's so. I've got no idea how to. Like, and that's why I'm not really keen on Sherry. It's why I'm not keen on, like, any yeah. of these Bulldogs outside backs because it's just like, oh, I'd just much rather Max King, Curran, and Sam Hughes. It's just like, you know, the dogs are going to be in games until the 60-minute mark and hopefully they can get better. But these backs, and man, like, Burton needs points and I don't know if the dogs have them in them just to start the season. And I'll tell you what, if Blake Taft gets the goal kicking, they they're both kick around the same percentage on career, around that 73, 74% mark. Strikes them pretty well. Like we Actually, can't, and, and Sexton, if Sexton gets the goal kicking, he's a decent kicker. Crichton's a good kicker. Taft's okay. Um, it's just like there's a lot of question marks. To be fair, Burton's Burton probably the worst career kicker out of the lot that you just mentioned. Yeah, if Burton doesn't get the kicking, like, yeah, just fade, complete fade. <laughs> yeah, um, speaking fade. of, I mean, I wouldn't say complete fade, but a fade to start the season, Jaden Campbell, like you, you mentioned at the start of the show, he hasn't been training or hasn't been, but there's a very real chance that he won't be playing round one. And then with the round two bye, do we see Jaden Campbell in round three? And then everyone's fucking scrambling big time to try and either get this bloke out because they weren't paying attention in round one, or are we looking at him potentially then in round five because their draw stinks from there? Well, that's the thing. Like it's it's a bad buy structure. It's a bad first buy to have if you've got an injury cloud because yeah, I'm very confident we don't see him play round one. Like yep. I'm I'm yeah, I'd be I'd be very surprised seeing him named round one just with the injury. Um, and then like, yeah, if he's named around three, cool, but then you're picking a guy with a very limited preseason. And these are the things you need to sort of consider. These are the things that stats don't tell you. Like, yeah, the draw looks cool. You color coded. It's all green. It's all nice. But like he's had no preseason and I mean, Adam Elliott comes to mind, obviously different players, but he's a guy that I have researched heavily shit preseason shit scores finally got fit good scores at the end of the season. And I worry that it takes Campbell a month to get up to speed. And then by that time, time it's the Warriors away, Melbourne at home, the Cowboys at home, Newcastle at home, and the Broncos away. Like, that's not a great little five-week stretch by the time he gets fit. No. Um, no, we've already cool. said he averages like 50 at fullback. And yeah. yeah, Dez might get the best out of him during the season. He could be a guy during the middle parts of the season that we look at picking up. Um, but just with all the off-season noise, I just, I can't, start with him i can't pick him up in round three either no 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 not at all uh yeah it 
you see the graph, you see all the green, but it's just a bit of a facade, I think. Um, I, I'm pretty happy to move on from him purely because, I mean, actually, no, 26.4% owned. I would assume naturally that maybe this is people that have just made their team a month ago when the app opened and just thought, oh, I'll, I'll worry about this before week one when we see teams. But I would say that's going to drop to sub 5% when we get to TLT. Yeah, I think so too. Like has it, to. Yeah, has, has to. And that's and that's the thing. Like I'm not jumping up and down about Jaden Campbell's ownership like I was with Mam um, because, yeah, Mam was never a buy in the first place. Whereas Campbell, he still had value. Like I'm not sitting here being like he's a bum. Like I'm not keen on him. Um, I'm not keen as much as other people. I'm still I'm still a fan, yeah. especially in draft. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not jumping up and down about the ownership because it's just like oh, when the injuries happened. I mean, I haven't touched my team in nearly a week, which feels like a rehab thing a to say. Like, yeah, I was gonna say I feel like I'm sitting in like a rehab center, being like oh, I haven't used in a week. <laughs> oh, well done, guys. Like, whereas Campbell's <laughs> like, and like if you like this news hasn't been widely reported. Like we only know this because we sit on Twitter all day. Um, it's the only reason why we know this news. Like, if you're just a casual bloke that plays to be coached with his mates, like, you wouldn't know that Campbell hasn't trained. You just look at him being like, oh, he might play fullback. Cool. Yeah. Or you just filter by ownership percentages and being like, oh, he's relatively cheap. Yeah, that sounds like how I make my AFL team every year until I get to a week out and I'm like, Mick, help me. Please, just uh, these players going to be good. Just consume about six hours worth of content about the, the last day before the season starts. Yep, yep, that's me. That's me for AFL, not so much for NRL or the other ones, but yeah, definitely a uh, definitely a watch. And obviously, you know, we're going to get more news closer to the season. So you just react to that when we get a bit closer. But the good thing is, 456k, unless he is your starting 5'8", you've got room to move. Go down to Caesar. Go down to KO Weeks. Go down to someone that's going to free up a fair bit of cash in that position on your bench. So pretty also easy won't move. Have, won't have a price change until round five, if what we're yep. saying is true, uh, at, yep. at the minimum. So, yeah, definitely yep. one to, to move on late. For sure. Definitely. Um, people you should be moving on late as well is Bonus Bank. Now, Bonus Bank are Australia's number one matched betting site. You can go to bonusbank.com.au. You can take advantage of all of their tools and their tutorials to help you win some money uh, to start make some tax-free money and some risk-free money today. So you can use the code INSIGHT to get 25% off your first month of their premium subscription. So go bonusbank.com.au. Let's talk cheapies, Josh, because, I mean, for me, we've kind of touched on a few of them. We won't talk about Aiden Caesar again. If you want to know about Aiden Caesar and our thoughts on him, you can go back and have a look at the halfback pod. Um, here's a hint. We like him. Ethan Strange, though, 238K. I reckon... I'm just getting trap vibes from Strange with, like we mentioned at the start of the show, the Seb Chris has completely fucking up this backline that or reliability. And then you add in the Ricky roulette risk um, that Ricky Stewart is very well known for. I just have no idea how to read this Raiders team. Yeah, I was just sitting there trying to carry the one, trying to work out this Raiders math. It just wasn't <laughs> happening. Uh, good last name though, uh, if you know, you know. Um, but apart from that, yeah, like not a guy that I'm really ca- – like, he's in my team, but it's just like – a name and a price. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just it's just there. Um and yeah, big trap vibes because he's probably gonna get named at center in round one. And then Chris walks back in and you're like, Hey, where the fuck's this guy that I picked? And yeah, it's just going to be an awful time. Mm-hmm. KO Weeks, however, 237k was not impressed with him at Manly, uh, was played in, in a bad role, just wasn't given his natural ability. Problem is, like, I wish he was 230k because it's mm-hmm. 40k that I could really do with right now, especially with how grim I think Endless Tuesday is going to be with cheapies. 
but he's the most I think he's the most safe option in this yeah. man in this manly side, in this Canberra side. But he's a bit shit, isn't he? It's a it's a bit of Isaiah Katoa about him. <laughs> you were sprucing fucking Isaiah Katoa in the preseason. Yeah, he's back. Like, nothing season. Else. He's back, maybe. Don't don't Jesus. Uh no, no. I oh, look I, I think KO Weeks is is a a decent footballer. Obviously, it's still right at the start of his career. We haven't seen the best of him or even let him have those kind of, you know, when you when you see a player coming through and you're like, holy fuck, this guy's going to be a Jet. We just haven't really seen that from KO Weeks just yet. And he don't really hasn't really had the opportunity at Manly to do that either. So, I mean, we played him at fullback a lot though at Manly um, when he got his opportunity. He played at the back and, and then he played on the 14 for a little bit too, like we just haven't seen enough of him at 5'8 to make a proper decision. But you're right. He is the safest Canberra option because he's Positive. pretty much locked into that six. Positive being in the line. So a little bit better a little bit better base than him being at fullback. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't expect Ricky to rely heavily on Chevy Stewart in terms of the playmaking department. Um, no. So Strange and, and Fogg could get uh, more touch. Oh, sorry, not Strange. Um, Weeks and Fogg could get more touches. Aiden Caesar, we've mentioned him already. We've mentioned him enough. You don't need two Tigers fans to talk more about Tigers players. <laughs> Kyle Flanagan, 310K really comes down to goal kicking, doesn't it, with him? Yeah, I think so. They're, they're, I, I think I read a couple of people were talking on X and they went to the trial game last week um, where they had a or went to training and had a look at Kyle Flanagan and the way that they were playing. And he was pretty ball dominant. Um, so Ben Hunt was doing a lot more running. Uh, and Kyle Flanagan was seemed to be the organizer in attack, which was very interesting. So I didn't see this myself. I'm going off what people have said when they're at training and in, in kind of intra squad trials. But if that comes through and he ends up being a bit more of an organizer, it actually turns me off him a little bit more than anything. I was hoping that it'd be the other way around. He'd be the ball runner, and uh, you know we'd be looking at Hunt as the organizer. But it seems to be the other way around. Yeah, I think the charity shield is going to be a, a big test. Um, just seeing. I'm more. I don't really give a shit about what happens between the 30 meter line and the 20 meter line. I want to see what happens inside that. And if Flanagan's doing more kicking, then it makes him a little bit more appealing. Um, but also, you know, we get Zach Lomax and Carl Flanagan in the same team, which is going to be a huge tell uh, with my interest levels when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to Carl Flanagan. Because if he's getting the kicking, you know, we can add story. maybe another eight points. He's a good kicker. Good kicker. Yep. Um, yep. So add another eight points thereabouts to his tally. Um, and, you know, straight away, there's nearly 10 points of value just there enough. So uh, there is a world where Carl Flanagan could be in my team. There is a world where Carl Flanagan could be my 5'8th one. But fuck, a lot would have to happen at Teamless Tuesday for that to happen. Like I'd need a lot of cash to be freed up if, if that was the case. Okay. I did not expect you to say that he oh, would no, I'm talking. I'm talking one. like... like one of the worst teams again? I've ever seen. Like I, I would be talking like Sam Hughes just, you know, doesn't play. Um, who else is some cheapies we're banking on? Kale Wicks does a hemi. No, I mean, I've given up on that pipe dream. But like <laughs> Burbo doesn't get named. Jack Bostock just, you know, punches Wayne Bennett in the face one training morning. Like a lot would have to happen for me not to to start with Leno. But mm-hmm. there is a world. Um, straight away, we're nearly finding 10 points of value if he is kicking. We're talking about a lot of ifs here, but and not putting the red I mean, even if he, Even if he's kicking, we're talking about the Dragons coming last this year. How many opportunities yeah, is he going to get? Like, we, can't, we can't sit here and be like, oh, man, we can't, we can't be sitting there stroking ourselves under the desk to Aiden Caesar being like, oh, well, he's a stud, and then being like, oh, well, Kyle Flanagan's useless. Like, 
it's two peas in the pod. We're we're just as shit as but, the dragons. But but we're gonna be we're tiger supporters. We're allowed to have those conversations. Right? Oh mate, this when, this trial against the Warriors. If we win, we're so back. If we lose, it's just a trial. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly. Trial. Locked in for ninth. Um, speaking of, players, speaking of yeah, yeah, I was gonna it. say, Lockie man, I've never heard Benji Marshall talk about a. A, a bloke this hard in a long time. I think he's setting us up for disappointment, but he's gone yeah. out of his way a couple of times to to really rate Galvin. Um, looks like he isn't going to get first crack. It looks like it's going to be Bud's. But in saying that, if Bud does have a bad couple of trials, then there is uh, definitely a world where Galvin does get named. Problem is in round two, not round one. So mm-hmm. you're gambling on enough in round one. You can't, you can't do it, can you? I mean, imagine if you just get stuck with a bloke. A non-player He's on the named bench. Fourteen, think, which is terrible. Yeah, that's even worse. That is even worse. I'd rather like, not play. <laughs> Imagine him just like getting an eight point, eight pointer, and then like fucking, I don't know. Hands doesn't play mm. round one. Like, oh no, sorry, that doesn't make sense. But you know what I mean. Like, he's going to become an AE, like with ten points. Just like fuck. Mm-hmm. Like from a yeah, Tigers fan, yeah, that. cool. Give me more the game experience. But from a super probably, coach fan, it's like don't give him time. Yeah, probably like a more a mid-season watch. I mean, maybe Galvin wins the job if Bud Sullivan Ooh, starts slow you, or something. Saying some Jareem Buller vibes. Oh, just a mid-season fuck, acquisition. That, that would be very nice. And then you just have Dylan Brown. You hold him for the season. You've got Lachlan Galvin. You can downgrade uh, when Aiden Caesar's 600K, right? You can just downgrade to, to Galvin. Fuck, if you had... Oh, yeah, when Caesar's 600K, fuck. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you had Galvin and Brown, that would have to be the biggest fucking 5-8 combination you could have. Yes, absolutely. It, it would, absolutely. But Any others to mention, up. mate? No, I was going to say, that's going to wrap up all the 5 uh options that I can think of right now, unless... Um, For sure. We talked about too many, to be happens. fair. We need some fucking jewels to to come through. Before round one, f- we just need Tommy Sangster yeah. and Rob Sutherland to, to whip up uh, their magic and just give us something. Mm, it's not happening yet, but I think we're close. I mean, and let's just see how these trials go. We've got a week of trials coming up. We might even hop on and do a pod and, and, and talk about trial team lists and, and all that kind of stuff as well, because there's a lot to watch this weekend, isn't there, if you're a keen supercoacher? Yeah, I guess we should probably give an update on what's happening. Um, we've got a lot of messages from you guys that potentially are new to Supercoach, so we're going to do a designated Supercoach 101 or Supercoach for Dummies podcast. Um, I expect the numbers on that one to be a little bit lower than usual, just because I assume a lot of our regular listeners won't get much info from it. Um, but it's going to be basically stripping down Supercoach and talking about why players are, we like them. I did a thread over on X, uh, if you want to go check that out on sort of how Supercoach analysis, whatever the fuck you call us, break down players and how we decide who's good and who's not. Um, we're going to be doing some trial stuff. If Braino, Matrix, and or I can find the time, we'll do some trial recaps. Uh, we will also be doing some drafts. And obviously, yeah, we've still got center wing and fullback to go. We haven't worked out exactly how we're going to be doing Teamless Tuesday. We uh, Sorry, like, like a preview. We might... You want to do it's it feels weird like we might do a short one for the first week uh and then we might do a proper preview um yeah when the season does kick off with the other six games yeah yeah it's it's a bit weird isn't it that half tlt for vegas then you've got another tlt the week after so i mean yeah we'll, we'll try and we'll go live on a tuesday night after teams are named but we'll, yeah we've, we don't have anywhere near as much to talk about that first one around. But we'll always answer your questions. We've got, we'll do it live so that you can hop on and, yeah, and fire be, away with might, all your teams. Might be more. And, and rather than a, a round one preview, it might just be more of a, hey, here are the teams. What questions do you have Q&A. type deal? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. So uh, plenty to come. 
we've we, you know we've still got positions to finish as well so um yeah plenty coming guys so stay tuned hit subscribe the if next, you haven't yet we would appreciate the, that the next two podcasts will be very very interesting center wing will be even longer than 2rf and then fullback fuck, there's about seven options to choose from like and and that's the most important position to nail so really keen for the next two yeah yeah gonna be it's gonna be good um guys if you haven't yet hit subscribe hit follow do all those things we would appreciate that center wings coming up next uh join the discord become an unlimited member if you want a bit more access to us and our insight join the sc world cup as well by the way you've, you've got to get involved in that if you missed that at the start of the episode go all the way back um i'll tag it in the little chapters thing on youtube if you're on there and uh yeah jump in and, and take on and, and maybe you could become the best super coach player in the world who knows but um we will see you next time for another insight nrl show catch you later i guess i have to say it this time because we've got no one else but cheerio mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 